Last week, we talked about finding creative ways to give back. This week, we interview a marketing genius about building awareness and brand for the cause you care most about. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. Uh, we are really, really excited today because we have a special guest with us. His name is Andrew Lowen from San Diego. Uh, he is the CEO of Next Level Web, and he's worked with for-profits as well as non-profits in the digital marketing space. Um, he's landed uh, Kickstarter, uh, you know, deals for new startups and and uh, he's also done multiple different types of digital marketing right so he works with pay-per-click ads and seo and web design and email marketing and social marketing kind of the whole gambit uh one of the cool things is that just this year they've he's helped board game companies like new sprouting board game companies launch kickstarters and raise two million dollars for their projects uh so we are really really excited to kind of dig into what that looks like. And Andrew, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Blessed to be here. Yeah. So uh, we're we're excited to dig into, you know, principles and things that are going to help people to build a lasting legacy. Uh, but we want to kind of get a backstory on you for our listeners to kind of understand who you are a little bit. Why don't you tell us uh, kind of how you got started and what led you to the trail, uh, down the trail to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I started out um, going to school because in my family, that's what you do. You get a degree and, and it, I was expected as the son, the firstborn son to, to go that route. So, um, while going through business school in college, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I decided to go be a firefighter. And after I got my business degree, I went and became an EMT. I started working in a hospital. And at the same time, I thought as a firefighter, they oftentimes have businesses that they start on the side and you know because you have typically three days on four days off and a lot of the time they uh, operate businesses sure and so i thought i'll start one on the side so i ended up actually starting to sell websites for a company that would produce them in essence i was subcontracting out website work this was back in 2009 uh, october 2009 so um eventually i had this night in the hospital I worked in the emergency room as an EMT of a local hospital and lots of, uh, we'll put it this way. All of the nurses called home three times, uh, that, that day. Wow. Uh, very, everybody has their heart attacks on Monday. Um, so anyway, the, uh, my, my mind opened to what, um, what, what I, what did I really want? And what I wanted was residual income and I wanted autonomy over my schedule. And I took a very serious look at the side business that I had created and determined with my wife, my, my young wife, I was newly married in uh, June 2009. I started the business in October uh, 2009. I started uh, working in a hospital. And by, by um, I want to say November 2010, I made the decision to quit everything that I had been working on and make cold calls until I made webs enough website sales to pay for our bills that month, you know? Um, 
Whoa. I just quit everything and uh, made cold calls. And my uh, second client was my mom, uh, thankfully, because I needed money to cover my rent, you know, and um, we um, managed to survive. We made two sales in January, one sale in February, three in March, four in April, four in May. And that's when I asked my wife to quit her job to help me just, I basically said, you know, just take a whip, hit me in the back with it if I don't make a call fast enough and uh, just make sure that, you know, I do what I need to do because I think we can make a living at this. And so we did and uh, we survived and there's a whole lot more to it than that. But right around 2012, May, someone asked me, uh, so we were producing websites at the, at the time we were still subcontracting out in, in, in a kind of, but what I learned along the way was that people wanted me, they wanted to be able to trust me, not necessarily this strange company, which actually was operating out of Nevada, uh, region, like outer outside of Las Vegas. Um, they didn't trust that company. They trusted the one who was standing in front of them asking for the check. Hmm. Right. They wanted to trust that person. And so I needed to be the guy that made sure their website was built and, and all of that. And eventually that caused me to brand myself and not subcontract out website design anymore. But I actually, you know, eventually hired somebody to take over websites. And somewhere along the way, somebody asked me if I could help them get to the top of Google. And up until that point, I was really great at surfing the web. Um, but I said, I've never done this before. I'm willing to, to try at it if you're willing to, um, you know, to work with me. And they said, okay. And it ended up working. I got them to the top of Google. They made a <laughs> lot of money. And I was like, wow, this is a thing. Um, that was in 2012. And so um, we've worked with over 400 different clients across five continents. Um, and we operate, as you mentioned, in four key areas, really. Um, I say email marketing, um, SEO marketing, which is getting people to the top of Google, pay-per-click ads, which is paid ads on Google, Facebook, Amazon, and then website design. Um, and it just so happens that those four cornerstones are key in social media marketing and crowdfunding and a couple of other niches that we've been able to find a lot of success as well. I have a small staff um, and operate out of San Diego. And I am thankful that I mean, I've had clients that have been with me for, um, well, I guess my longest client is the second website sale I ever made, which was my mom. She's my most difficult client. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've had a lot of clients that have been with me for, you know, six to 10 years. It's, it's, it's really cool. That's fantastic. Um, and you got a, and you got a relatively large family too. You said you got five kids. So far five kids. Um, my all, all daughters, eight years old and under, um, no twins. We are, <laughs> um, having fun. <laughs> so, my life is complicated. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing you probably have uh, a few tea parties here and there. <clears throat> Actually one scheduled for today. Legitimately. That's fantastic. Do they do they do the whole makeup thing? They make you wear makeup and stuff too. He made oh, me. No, 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 I hide. <laughs> <laughs> not that kind I of. I hide. So, yeah, between my brother-in-law and myself, we have eight girls, um, eight years old and under. Wow. And yeah, and our and my favorite pastime, along with my brother, we love uh, martial arts. So we love jujitsu. 
uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I, I grew up wrestling and doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and whatnot. I spent about 21 years collectively doing all that. And so it's usually he and I hiding in a corner talking about stuff while all the girls have princess dresses on and are squealing and <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, you got to get your testosterone, you know. Yes. Oh, my yes, God. <laughs> in some way. We did get a little baby boy dog. Um, his name is uh, Mr. Bubbles because Bubbles was too girly. I said, it's Mr. Bubbles. And everyone's like, okay. Um, so that's yeah. fantastic. I'm not sure if that doubles the testosterone in the house, but it at least doubles the number of males. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's fantastic. Um, one thing that you said that you wanted residual income and autonomy, like even knowing what it is that you want makes such a huge difference. And you said that you jumped. So I took a couple notes. You said you jumped, you made cold calls till the bills were paid, which is mm-hmm. massive, you guys. So many times people jump, but they think I'm going to jump and only do the work that's fun to do. And cold calls aren't mm-hmm. necessarily the fun ones to do. Um, and then yeah. you said we survived. So yes. what was that like for you? Because you know, I think sometimes we have people who jump into something and they think mm-hmm. success is all of the cash and everything. But sometimes success, your first milestone to success mm-hmm. is that you survive the jump. So yeah. take us back to that point. What was that like for you and your family? Oh, this is uh, unlocking terrible memories of, of uh, <laughs> the difficult trials that we endured. But yeah, of course. So I took a look at our finances and the amount of money that we required each month in order to pay the bills, eat food and whatnot. And it was about $3,000 a month. Um, our more, we had a little condo. Um, you know, our, our mortgage and homeowner association and whatnot was like $1,200 a month and, you know, a couple of other things. My wife made 1800 a month after taxes. And so I needed to cover 1200 to survive, which was, you know, what I calculated. And when I quit my job, I knew that I wouldn't be making money right away. I would be hemorrhaging $1,200 a month, right? Um, and of course being, a at the time, I think I was 24. Um, I knew that I wouldn't be extremely responsible with money. So I needed a padding, right? Um, you have to, um, have a, a safety net in order to it really, it's, it's all about runway. You need, you need enough runway to get off the ground. And what that meant for me is I needed a certain amount of money in the bank that I could, you know, that I could draw on as I was trying to become profitable. And so when I made a, a website sale, it was roughly $1,200 or maybe $1,100 um, into my pocket. And so I needed to basically make at least one sale to, to, to survive. Um, I uh, eventually raised my prices a little bit so that I could make one sale and survive. But um, the, uh, so the, the, I looked and I said, okay, we have, like three months of money in the bank, like roughly like $3,500 in the bank. And my wife's job and my job would, you know, kind of cover the difference, right? The, uh, for a monthly. And so when I quit, I knew I was like homeless in three months, unable to pay bills, <laughs> right? So I, I estimated that I would need six months of income in order to give myself, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put it this way, give it the good old college try so that I would, I would try really hard. And if I had what it took, I would, I would make it. If I didn't, then 
I had six months to see if I had what it took, you know? Hmm. And so I went to my in-laws and who I love uh, very much. Um, and I made a business plan, said, look, this is what I need to do. If I make this number of cold calls a day and make, you know, the average amount of sales you, that you would like 1% of my cold calls turned into sales or whatever it was, then, then I can make it if I make this number. Right. And, um, so I ended up getting a little investment from them and we went forward, you know, and I, it turned out that it was only about five months of, of a safety net and every sale that I made would extend the amount of time. That's what I looked at is every sale I made gave me more time mm-hmm. and it was, uh, you know, the m- money and time and money, right? It, it translated one-to-one every one website sale I made. I survived one more month, right? And so we ended up, um, it, you know, probably four months in. We in, um, So it was November. So I made no sale in November, no sale in December, two sales in January, one sale in February. And then three in March, four in April, four in May, and I was like, we're rich right now. <laughs> this is amazing. It's like $4,000 or whatever, you know, $4,500. <laughs> and I asked my wife to quit her job because with those four sales a month, I could pay for our bills and, and then some. And over the summer, from June, July, August, and September, we made one sale in four months. And oh. that was very difficult. So... um we ended up barely surviving and I don't know what it was. I mean, I, it was probably summertime um, people thinking more about vacation than, you know, um, business. I, I, yeah. So I typically find that November, December business owners don't want to think about any business. They're like, I would rather just, you know, let my business flounder for two months so that I can think about vacation and Christmas, which I don't think is a good idea to do, but that's what business <laughs> owners do. They go to sleep and they think, I don't need to worry about growth and whatnot for November and December because I've got family things to do. In reality, they're losing two months of time um, that they could be getting better and improving, right? But it's always like typically after January, like mid-January, I so I do a lot of I've, I've raised millions of dollars on Amazon, tens of millions of dollars on Amazon for clients. And most of that comes in quarter four uh, because mm. of the holiday shopping yep. season, right? And so um, I actually did for one client, they made $4,000 a month on Amazon for the last 10 years. And then I came in and two months in, they made $440,000, um, you know, from um, uh, their Amazon business and they just exploded but that's because of quarter four people looking to buy and, and all of that and business owners are not exempt for looking to buy presents for family and all of right. that right and so um all of the holiday uh, shenanigans that typically ends after like the second week of january the holiday shopping season and that's when all of the exchanges are made and, and everything like that and then people start looking for marketing help. They're like, okay, my New Year's resolution is to grow 10,000% this year or whatever it is. And <laughs> that's when I get the phone calls is January or February, you know? But um, so anyway, summertime is always a, a light, a lighter time, you know, because people are again, focused on vacations. and all that. So, um, but praise God, I, you know, when I say I made it, 
we made it. Um, I did everything I could. Um, some, you know, my goal was 50 cold calls a day. And I had a mentor that taught me I could do 50 cold calls in four hours. And if I, if I finished 50 in four hours, don't do another 50, just be done because your brain will be mush. And I found that's exactly <laughs> what, it, what happened. <laughs> my brain was mush. Sometimes I would get to cold call number eight and then somebody would be really mean to me and I would just lose the, the heart to, you know, make any more cold calls. I wouldn't have the vision that, oh my goodness, my time is, you know, shrinking by a day if I stop making cold calls right now and play video games. But I did because I, you know, my feelings would get hurt um, mm-hmm. and I would just find, you know, it's, it's, um, the, the things that produce results are always, uh, they call it eat that frog. I forget who wrote the book, but mm-hmm. um, the concept is that you have a frog that is the hardest thing to eat on your plate, but you have to eat it first because then everything else that you do that day will be easier. And cold calls were my frog. And I would find a lot of reasons to do other things than make cold calls. Um, but the result producing activity was making cold calls and following up with people and so on and so forth. Um, but then the fear of rejection, right? So I, I guess, you know, all that is to say that um, I, by the grace of God, I made my cold calls. I made enough of them. I found uh, BNI, which was a networking organization about a year in, like right around 2011. I want to say May, 2011. So when I found BNI, I cold called a business coach that said, I do not have any referrals for you. However, I do know a group that might have referrals for you. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, be there with bells on. And it was a BNI group. So mm. I joined that BNI group and um, I've been with BNI for over nine years uh, now. And we're, we're big um, believers in, in BNI and just networking in general, but like making sure that you have, if you have a networking group, one that is, going to hold people accountable and track things and because it's so easy to to feel like you're networking but you're really just hanging out with people <laughs> not yeah, business yeah, isn't really happening playing yeah exactly yeah i i just wanted anything that could take the monotony of making cold calls and and reduce the requirement of cold calls that i had to make and networking is actually the absolute best way to build on a foundation of if that's all you have is your time, then, you know, of course, hit the phones, walk the streets, do whatever. And, um, you know, the next step is get other people like build relationships with people that have those referral relationships already. If they trusted you and knew what you did, they could connect you with the right person. And then you wouldn't have to make a cold call, but you could make a warm call, right? The warm introduction. Oh, those warm calls um, are so much better than cold calls. It's funny that you mentioned it, too, yeah. that like the, your, your frog for the day was cold calls. I think that's probably anybody who does cold calls. I don't, I, I've never met anybody who says cold calls are my favorite. Like, I don't know. Have you ever met anybody like anybody that? Anybody that does is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> anybody that does is a, is a, a, a human being that I'm not sure I want to spend much time around. I probably will end up in jail. Or, um, or, a, or, or are they even a human being at all? They might be an alien or something like that. A but, machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know guys that make, um, I mean, I've been introduced to people who make mid eight figures doing cold calls and building sales organizations. That's really what the key is, is you, you get good at making cold calls, figure out how it works, build a process, and then make a massive sales organization that 
does nothing but cold calls and churns bodies when they die uh, from making enough calls. You just throw <laughs> them in the trash compactor and put another body. It's like, here's the process. Do it. You know, it's not fun. It's not fun to make cold calls. But, no, but I mean, it's so it's so necessary, especially like you said that you you've helped people generate lists of people you know that are they're going to be potential clients. Uh, that's one of the things that you do. I think, I think especially like you said with SEO and, and, and web marketing, like what you're doing is you're helping people not have to do as much of that in order to be able to generate their own warm clients. And I think that's a, that's a big deal. Like you, you also mentioned too, that the way that you were thinking is probably how you got through those cold calls is that every sale okay. was, you were, you weren't getting money, you were getting time mm-hmm. and yeah. That is so essential. I think. I think uh, when when your when your end goal is money, it's really easy to get um, just uh, downtrodden. You know, when something you know somebody's mean to you over the phone, <laughs> yeah, but when you yeah. know that you're actually earning time, earning time with your family, mm-hmm. you're earning time to doing doing the things that you really enjoy and love. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier to trade trade a little bit of time for yeah. more time. Mm-hmm. That's why that vision is so important. Um, having a vision, you know, they, they, it's, it's extremely important. Like, why am I doing this when I'm in the midst of, you know, like in wrestling, I would just be getting, you know, some days I call them mental toughness days where mm. everybody is a half step ahead of you and you're just getting your butt kicked and it's, you know, in practice or whatever, you know, I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now and sometimes just, everybody is a half step ahead and, and people who are, I'm a three stripe Brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And sometimes the purple belt will tap me out or the, the other guys that never beat me will start beating me. And it's like, you, you get, you get these moments where you want to quit. It's like, if I'm not any, any good right now, I was like, why am I even doing this? And the reason (laughs) you're doing it is your vision. If you don't have one, then you won't keep doing it. Um, I actually have, um, I know this is, might not be on video, but this is my original list from 2010. The, I think wow. that I ripped a page or two off, but it's December 2010. This is my original cold call list. I ha- I keep it um, to to look at it. And I look at these, you know, names and, and everything like that, that, that I called. Um, and I see my first sale was my 34th call. So it was wow. a business that actually doesn't exist anymore, but um, the foundations for reading and learning. Yeah. And, so so uh, for our listeners who yeah. can't see that, it's a yellow notepad and it is just like a mess. <laughs> it's like just it is completely full of full names and numbers. Notes. I saw tallies at the top. I've totally yeah. done that. The tally. <laughs> I just got to get to 50. I'm going to just yep. mark these off yep. as I go. Yep. My tallies were uh, the number of actual conversations I had. Oh, nice. I wrote a star. So the first appointment I made was on the 14th of December for that month. Um, and yeah, so it was, uh, that's really, that week, that's really cool that you keep that list. Cause I mean, for, for me personally, I was kind of like, I don't want to remember this. I, I, I intentionally <laughs> lost them, but I think that, um, being able to look back, cause when you were, you were kind of telling your backstory, you had like dates all laid out and, uh, we don't talk a ton about scripture and stuff on the, on the podcast, but there's this idea of an Ebenezer, right? Where you'd set up, they, they would set up like these monuments to remember the hard stuff that they went through, the good things that happened. And like, that's really kind of what you got going on there. It's like a little monument built to your business and what yeah. has happened. And it's really, really right. awesome. 
I do all that I can to try to kind of pay it, pay it forward. And uh, I wrote an article on Reddit. Uh, this was at least five years ago, but um, I wrote an article on the entrepreneur subreddit that became at the time, the number four um, most upvoted post of all time wow. in the entrepreneur subreddit. And it, I, I mean, it earned me thousands of people a month or a thousand a month about um, for the next three years. Uh, wow. to my website and I earned a lot of clients from it and that kind of thing. But it was how I went from nothing to $120,000 a year solo making cold calls. And it just ended up resonating with a lot of people. So if you happen to be one of those people that make cold calls, I put my script that I used, I put, you know, that kind of thing. If you just search Reddit cold calls on Google, you'll find it. Um, wow. It's, it's there. That's awesome. No, I, I, I love that um, you had that approach. Like, cause you, we hear about a lot of people who say like, well, I hated phone cold calls and so I never made them. And then they just kind of move on cause they like move to something completely different, but you stuck through that process. And even when it felt like it was slow going. Yeah. Well, I think mm -hmm. part of it is you had the right vision. If your vision would have just been, I need to make money period. Uh, there are less painful ways to make money. But, yeah, like robbing but, banks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be painful if you get caught, but if you're good at it. Um, but since you have the vision Debatable. of like you want autonomy and time and all that mm. stuff, you can't get autonomy and time by going and saying, you know, I don't like cold calls. I'm just going to go get a job again. Right. Because um, that takes away the autonomy. And I think sometimes people have the wrong vision. They think the best vision is to have a certain amount of money versus really mm -hmm. focusing on what the money actually affords you. And yeah. what it actually allows you to do and progress with your life. Yeah. When, yeah. when we're working with our clients too, like it's a, it's a big thing to keep in mind because a lot of times they're wanting to accomplish something big. They're wanting to leave a legacy, whatever that might look like. And it's not, you can't just do money. Like you're going to need the time. You're going to need the autonomy to be able to build that and mm -hmm. to, to make it happen. And so having that vision is so important. Right. That as they say, that yearly goal, you, if you have a yearly goal, you can break, you know, a goal at the end of the year, you can break it down into what do I need to do each month in order to achieve that goal. And then each day, and what it boiled down to was my yearly goal or my big vision would be solved. It would be achieved if I earn, if I made 50 cold calls each day, hmm. five days a week, 50 cold calls from the hours of like 10 AM to 2 PM make those cold calls or like 9.30 to 1.30 about. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was it. And actually, you know, being that I'm a, a marketing agency, a digital marketing agency, um, I learned the value of other, what I call pull marketing. So you have push where you're in essence, pushing yourself on other people saying, hey, I have a thing, do you want to buy it? Whereas pull is more like people out, out in the ether saying, I have a need. I'm going to go find someone that can fill that need. And then there you are. And you get a phone call that says, hello, I need, you know, uh, Facebook ads. Do you do Facebook ads? Why? Yes, I do. You know that it's a whole lot nicer of a way to have a conversation than I sell Facebook ads. Do you want to buy them? And you know, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that is where maybe it instilled in me a true understanding of the value of the services that I provide, um, because that's, you know, at a, a certain point, a business needs to pull people in. If you want to grow and scale, 
then you can't scale through cold calls. You only have, you know, let's say if you're in your 20s, you can really push the on, maybe work 100 hours a week and leave yourself 40 hours to sleep and eat and like shower and whatnot. Um, and I mean, you can't keep it up, right? I mean, the, right, I heard from stable. a guy, yeah, I heard from a guy worth at the time mid eight figures um, that did cold calls and sales and whatnot. He said, the hardest thing to do in the world is make 50 to $75,000 a year. And at the time I was like, wow, I'd love to make $50,000 a year. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but it, it's true because it's all at that point, what you personally can do without anyone else's help. Right. And mm. when we scale, you, you, you know, you, you have to, if you're making, if you're doing manual things, then you have to get other people to devote more hours to those manual things. That's the only way you can scale. But if, you know, you, you probably a lot of people were like me where they were solo entrepreneurs. I not only had to sell stuff, but I had to also do the work when I sold stuff. And so you have this natural uh, juxtaposition where you need to keep selling because you need to pay the bills, but you also need to do the work that people are paying you for. <laughs> and right. guess which one wins when you need to sell and need to do the work? Of course, this is the selling, right? If mm -hmm. next month's bills are due, then I have to make more calls and I can't do the work. And that is a terrible situation to find yourself in. Um, one that causes a lot of people to go out of business. So no, it's always yeah, nice when you have too. people. Yeah. So when you have people calling you, it, you don't have to do selling nearly as often. You can do a lot more work without having to spend all your time selling stuff. That's fantastic. So we know that you you work with for profits and nonprofits, and also in 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 the in the gaming space, which is I I find to be extremely interesting as well. Um, what are some of the things that you have noticed when it comes to uh, marketing online that you're finding you need to teach uh, your clients a little bit more about? Like they they don't quite understand the value of a certain thing. I remember you and I had had a conversation about email lists and how important that is. Can you just talk about that stuff for a little bit? Sure, yeah, so there are really kind of two areas that leap out immediately. Um, email lists and you know building an email list and then also getting to the top of Google. And I'll start with Google because there's this common, so whenever something becomes commonly accepted, you need to get on Google, you need to get on Facebook, you need to whatever. I you know, business owners will throw money at something, not really understanding the true value of why they're paying a, you know, off, most often not a professional agency because they cost too much or whatever, but they're going to pay a, a freelancer or a friend or whatever it is, a family member's brother or cousin, whatever, to do this work. They are doing it because they are following advice that everybody knows you have to be on Google. Everybody knows you have to be on Facebook. Uh, but they don't really know why. They're just kind of doing the things that everybody says you have to do. When you do the things that everyone says you have to do, um, you are not leading the parade. You are following at the end of the parade and mm. you will not really be rewarded for that. A great example, very recently, we had an election and I guess we're still having an election right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, so one of the things that everyone in my um, marketing circles 
were talking about was how they were afraid of what the election cycle would do to their Facebook ads. Uh, in particular, this niche was crowdfunding, where everyone was wondering, well, you know, November 3rd is causing all the, going to cause all this chaos. You know, this is like a week before the election and whatnot. They're, they actually, people were saying, I don't want to launch my project on Kickstarter. I don't want to pay for ads because I don't know what's going to happen. Well, guess what happened? I mean, everybody was saying that. And so what I did was I pushed ads, I doubled ad budgets and, and that kind of thing. And my ad effectiveness, the cost for my ads were cut by 40% Wow! because there was wow. less competition. It happened that more people wanted to know what's going on. So they come up from under their rock and sign into <laughs> Facebook and whatever. And then, so there are more impressions available, more people that can see ads and less advertisers trying to compete. And so my clients benefited greatly um, because, you know, we're um, just, you know, you kind of, it's an example of thinking outside the box, right? So, uh, and not going with the, the common knowledge. And so um, oftentimes when somebody gets, d- does the Google thing, they know that they need to be on Google. They know that they want to grow. They're not quite sure how, and they've come to me because they've heard that I am a, a trustworthy advisor. And most often, if I tell them how I rank them, if I tell them the actual things, they, they're they not ready to learn at that point. They're just like, you know what? Just take the credit card, stop talking. <laughs> Shut up and take you know? my money. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, but about, I wanna say between three and six months of time, they call me, there's always some version of, so what are you doing besides charging my credit card? Cause I can see that, you know, on my statement, I see a charge from you. So what exactly are you doing? And that's when they become ready to learn. You know, it's like, here's the actual labor that I'm doing. Um, here is the, the plan. Here's the, you know, the, the roadmap and, and so on and so forth. And that's when people really are able to kind of ingest the, the, okay, this is what he, you know, and, and really it's a, um, a, 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 I don't know if you'd call it a watershed moment or what it is, but the the moment where they're like, were you a good steward of the money that I entrusted you with? Hmm. Show me that you were is kind of what they're saying. And show me that I can continue to trust you and that you have a vision for me because I don't know how to get here and I'm trusting you, right? So that's, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm able to show, look, you've improved 20 spots for this super super awesome keyword that would indicate a a, a great client for you. And um, here's at the light, the light at the end of the tunnel is that after eight months, you're going to be number one on Google for this or on the first page or whatever, right? Then all of a sudden they're like, okay, I have a vision for how this is working. And you're saying all of these things, but I'm actually seeing the results come and whatnot. So I, I would say that some of the thing in... My, my key takeaway for a business owner is that you don't want to do what everyone else is saying necessarily just because they're saying you should. Um, but there's always value in common knowledge, you know? Um, so listen to that common knowledge, trust an expert that, that can discern um, va- like how to earn value from, from something like that. So, uh, right. So yeah. Fun. Like listening, listening to the common knowledge and then talking to an advisor to figure out what do we do with that common knowledge? Cause sometimes it is jump on the bandwagon and try to get to the front. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because everybody's going this way, we're going to do a different approach. 
Right. I, I didn't really pick an original industry to jump into for my business. You know, I, I, I picked a marketing agency, a marketing company, right? I mean, <laughs> lots of people build websites. Everyone knows uh, someone who is tech savvy enough to quote unquote, get you to the top of Google, whatever work is involved is a mystery, but everyone says they can. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's um, not a, you know, if I wanted to be really on the bleeding edge, I might, you know, get into launching rockets into space because there are fewer competitors, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's even with even when you're not first into an industry, there is always a way to carve out a niche by doing a great job for your clients. And, you know, a lot of business law is kind of uh, standardized between industries. Do a good job, call people back on time, you know, do the work you say you're going to do you'll make a, a good living for yourself, right? As long as you can survive the hustle of becoming stable and making more money than you spend on bills each month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to kind of take like a little bit of a juxtaposition here too, because you were, you're, you're talking about the importance of Google, but I know a lot of our listeners are also in the nonprofit space or considering mm -hmm. moving into the nonprofit space. And you've done some work with that when it comes to Google and SEO. Like what is your advice to uh, like nonprofit leaders? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, first thing that is probably the, the, I would say the lowest hanging fruit. If you do not know about the Google nonprofit program, you now know about it because I just stated it and you heard it. <laughs> um, there is a program that Google created called the Google for nonprofits that will um, let you, it'll give you some freebies. Uh, go to google.com slash nonprofits and you can apply for this program. The, I would say the, the tip of the spear, the most valuable element of that program is the ad grant. So they will give you $10,000 a month in, in ad spent. And that's $329 a day. Um, that's even awesome. for churches. Yeah. Churches and like religious organizations, there is a specific allotment for, for those organizations. So they're, they're not um, going to exclude it. I've never had anybody get excluded or rejected. The only type of organization that um, gets rejected from this particular thing is the um, is an educator. So schools and whatnot, they have a different program for schools. Like if everyone wants like a, you get like Google Chromebooks and other things for classrooms and whatnot. But um, anyway, that program is very valuable. I have leveraged that for nonprofits to earn 10,000 new website visitors a month uh, one in particular, we you know that I got to help with. They started out with something like fifteen thousand fans on Facebook, and um, a really great service-based. Um, well, so there. Uh, so this guy is an Israeli tour guide, very popular Israeli tour guide, and he wanted to do um, more. He wanted to talk to people and talk about a subject very important to him, which was Bible prophecy. So I he, he actually strangely called me out of the blue and I started, you know, talked to him and I started working with him because I donated a little bit to his organization. So he just wanted to call me and thank me. And so uh, three days later, I was his marketing guy and I obtained right away the nonprofit program for Google. Um, I earned about 10,000 visitors a month to his website and we built his email list from zero to over 50,000 within 10 months. And then he is uh, he he's gone from fifteen thousand Facebook fans 
to currently over 1.2 million Facebook fans. Wow. Um, and the straight and, and, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, 10,000 a month is not enough to, to do that. Right. But <laughs> it was the cornerstone of how we were able to expose his message to those that were interested in it. So it's really for a nonprofit. The key is trying to get your message out to the people that care. Right. And so any methodology you can use to get your message out is one that you should take very seriously and the Google nonprofit program is the absolute best, well, the easiest way to, to, to do that. There's no partnerships. There's no give and take required. It's apply for this 501c3 status. As long as you have that 501c3, they're going to ask for it. They're going to, they're, they're gonna, you don't even need income as a nonprofit to, to obtain that. You just need a website and a place where they can go to kind of vet you and make sure that you're not just a... Uh, a you fake. Know, Nigerian princes or something. <laughs> a Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's fantastic. And that's that's yeah. really great advice uh, for, mm-hmm. for the nonprofits out there. Because I think a lot of times, like, like, we know that nonprofits don't always have giant budgets, especially when it comes to marketing, uh, yeah. marketing spend. And so being able to leverage something like that is a really big deal. Absolutely. And it does not matter how small you are. It, it's, um, there, you know, and, and what I do with uh, nonprofits, kind of where I fit, a nonprofit can obtain that without my help. You don't need my help to obtain it, um, but you might need my help to actually, interestingly enough, spend all the money. Um, because at the end of the day, that money goes into a furnace and burns up. You don't get to put any into your bank account. Google allows you to um, have ad space on google.com, you know, when people are searching for things and that's how you're able to spend it. And where I'm a good fit for nonprofits is I can come in for real, maybe like three months of time. And, uh, so, you know, like five, imagine like $500 a month, uh, uh, for my service, but I'm able to come in and optimize that campaign so that the right people are going to your side and so on and so forth. Um, but, uh, you know, if, you want to look uh, look it up on YouTube and figure out how to do that yourself. You, you can totally do that. It's just if you know if you're motivated, that you know where there's a will, there's a way, right? Um, totally. And maybe you know one other element would be related is a what I call the, a virtuous cycle, a positive feedback loop. Um, there are lots of names for for this, but basically, kind of circling back to email lists, you need a way to monetize traffic. So no matter what, you know, uh, methodology you're using to earn traffic to your website, you need a way to capture people and, and grow and monetize. So um, one of the best ways is an email list. So if you bring people to your website, they find your content interesting, they you give them an offer that's like hey sign up for our email uh, list to receive whatever updates or i don't know articles or whatever it is that your people care about um you will build an email list over time that may become the most valuable thing that you own because when you send an email to one person or one million people it's the same amount of effort so um but your message will be amplified so that the more you grow your email list the more um, reach you'll have. So to, to spread your, your message and, um, 
that's kind of where you will communicate with your raving fans and those that care about these topics and so on and so forth. So I highly encourage you to build an email list. Uh, MailChimp.com, it controls about 70% of the email marketing market. And the reason for that is because you get a free email, a free account up to about 2,000 subscribers, about 2,000 contacts on your email list. It's free. So um, great place highly to start. recommend that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, Andrew, it's obvious that you are a wealth of knowledge, um, but I do have one question to kind of wrap up um, this episode, and that is, what does the idea of leaving a legacy mean to you? Um, Well, uh, before we started recording, I mentioned that you you, you told me you were going to ask a question like this, and I told you it might be depressing, uh, (laughs) the the answer. (laughs) So it's my belief that after I die, the world will forget about me and all that I have ever done. And the world will keep on turning. People will keep living their lives um, unless we get vaporized in thermonuclear war or, you know, whatever it is, right? <laughs> unless we all die at once, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but, at, you know, the, the idea is that the people you meet and the, the things that you do today, I believe as uh, Maximus would say from Gladiator, echo in eternity. And that's what my vision is. I heard a very um, uh, well-renowned Bible speaker who is uh, just, I can't remember the guy's name. He um, is, I think his highest level of education was like third grade. And, you know, he, he speaks it, you know, he's kind of like from before the time of Billy Graham. Um, anyway, uh, this guy said, you know, but no, 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 no. Uh, it was Jay Vernon McGee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jay Vernon McGee. Um, he said that, uh, you know, are you so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good? And I actually think that the more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you are, because the more you will invest into people and care about people and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I look at, my vision, my overall vision for my whole life and leaving a legacy is really um, storing my treasure in heaven. I think that, um, you know, if you store your treasure on earth, then you have a lot of work to do to keep it polished, to, you know, <laughs> yes. to keep the moths away from it and keep thieves from stealing it. Um, but if you store your treasure in heaven, then moth, rust, and thieves can't ruin what you've earned and i believe that a legacy is such that um if my kids and my wife and my friends and my family are all up there then i have successfully stored each one of them in heaven um and that is kind of my vision for 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 my life and how how i want to um you know i guess you know be remembered I'll, i'll be remembered by the living you know (laughs) <laughs> no, that's that's a fantastic answer. I think so many people have like a a finite version of that answer, but at, at one that stretches into the infinite, right? The eternal is, uh, the, it, I mean, the bigger you think, the more you're going to be able to accomplish. Let's just <laughs> let's just be honest about that. And having an eternal perspective is is a lot more set up to accomplishing great things. 
as well and leaving a, a fantastic legacy. Well, Andrew, this has been super amazing. I want to make sure that our visitors and our, and our you know, our listeners know where to find you. Where can they find out more about you and, and contact you? Yeah. Uh, so my website is nextlevelweb.com. And uh, so you can just go there, you know, fill out a contact form or something like that. I will, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll get to me. Um, and that's the best way by far. Um, I have a Twitter account. I don't feel like people need to hear the things that I have to say all the time. Um, <laughs> as usual, it'll be, it'll probably be something stupid. Uh, so I'm not super active on Twitter. Um, but you know, you can always read, you know, look, uh, look for me on Twitter at, uh, you know, Andrew Lowen one or, or I, I can't even remember my Twitter. <laughs> it's okay. It'll all be in the I, show. I notes. lurk on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, the website is the single best place to, to reach out if you're looking. Um, so it's fantastic. Well, thank you again so much. Andrew, yes, for thank your you time. for your time and for being on our show today. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Really. It has. If you want to build the tallest building, don't start building at the first floor. Your legacy needs a strong foundation, and our financial class is here to help. Use promo code 2020 for 50% off. You'll get six months of access to this inspiring overhaul of your finances to build a lasting legacy. Visit LegacyBuildersInternational.com slash courses for more info. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com slash courses, and use promo code 2020 by December 31st. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 